Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, and this is a special bonus episode of Everything Iconic with me. Uh, now, you might have heard just this week, one of our faves, Candy Burris, she teased her partnership with KFC, which is very exciting, because this episode of Everything Iconic is also presented by KFC, and KFC is also featured on the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which I'm going to get into in just a minute with my guest, Hannah Brown. And then later in the episode, I have a very special surprise guest uh, to celebrate and chat over chicken nuggets. But I uh, got to tell you up front, I don't know if you've tried these new KFC chicken nuggets, but they're fantastic. They taste so good, and I'm so glad they have them now. Hannah Brown, uh, listeners probably know Hannah Brown. She's one of the most requested guests, not the Hannah Brown from The Bachelor World, but my friend Hannah Brown. Hannah, how are you? Oh my gosh, Danny, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm great. I'm having so much fun already. We're going to be talking about Ultimate Girls Trip, but uh, just quickly... The KFC nuggets, if you haven't tried them, you got to go try them. KFC has chicken nuggets. I've never met a nugget I didn't like, so I'm really looking forward to trying them. (laughs) Right. I still have the taste buds of my childhood self. So all I really want in life is a chicken nugget. Oh my gosh. A chicken nugget with some fries and like any sauce will do. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, so good. Now, I don't know if you saw, speaking of KFC, in Ultimate Girls Trip this season, which is season three, there's this whole storyline going on with Pepsi, the house manager. Mm -hmm. A lot of the women, uh, I mentioned Candy at the top of this podcast, her former Real Housewives of Atlanta co-star Portia is on the Ultimate Girls Trip and she got KFC uh, in the villa that they're staying in in Thailand. And so it's been appearing and I've gotten a lot of requests to cover Ultimate Girls Trip and due to the fact that I've been touring the past couple of weeks, I thought now, when is a more apt time to talk about Ultimate Girls Trip than now? There is no time like the present, let me tell you. <laughs> and if there's one thing I know about the two of us getting together, oh. which you haven't done on, you haven't been on Everything Iconic in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. But if there's one thing I know, it's that we're probably going to talk about a million and one things mm-hmm. in addition to Ultimate Girls Trip. Absolutely. But how are you feeling so far with the season? Okay, so I... I got caught up. I took a few weeks to get caught up. So like I binged it all at once. And I got to say, it's not living up to season two for me. Yeah. Well, season two was so smart of them to just lock everyone up in that bluestone manor. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I don't know that I've ever had as much fun as I did watching Ultimate Girls Trip season two. Oh, it just made me so happy and it was so chaotic. And yeah, I mean, I think like it was just the berserkers, you know, on on steroids because it was multiple housewives, multiple cities. And a lot of people said that that season felt too claustrophobic Mm -mm. and they didn't like that everyone was locked in that house and the cast was too wild. And to those people, I say that's what I liked about it. No, literally, that was the best part. Yeah. I loved the fact that they had to plan events around that manner. Like they couldn't really go many places. It was also during the times of COVID. Yeah. I loved watching them do a sack race. You know, I, <laughs> I, I liked the claustrophobia of it because I feel like it only it's, it's like um the season of summer house where they were all locked in the house. It's like, it adds mm-hmm. tension because there is no space to like have a reprieve. So if they're fighting, they have to be fighting like on top of each other. And that's really fun. Right. And that's <laughs> the most fun part about these vacations in general but I just think the Thailand villa is so expansive mm-hmm. that I don't know that we're getting that whole that whole vibe. And I just also think the cast of season two is way stronger. I agree. To me. It was like more chaotic. And I don't know, just the people that they chose for season two was completely unhinged. I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of different shows happening at once. Like we have Marisol, who's on her own show. She's just wasted all the fucking time. Okay. <laughs> what about when she showed up and there was like... A possible? Is it also what was going on with her stomach? I 
And I then she just know. kept drinking through it. She literally was like, <laughs> and then she, there was one point where they were on their way to like the town to like go shopping and get lunch. And someone's like, what's that? And she's like, screwdriver. Do you want one? And I was like, Marisol, you are literally like drinking a hole. And he's like, it might be an ulcer. She's like, I'm just going to keep drinking. I was like, whoa, that is a mood. That's like me in my twenties. I thought it was like a bit she was doing on the Miami housewives. And then now I'm realizing it's not a, a bit, it's she, not a bit, which I don't know. It's troubling. I don't like the, I don't like the celebratoriness of it. Like there's something very dark sided about it. Because 100%. also she said on Ultimate Girls Trip that she's like got a line of cockies or she's doing something in relation to it. And she's obviously trying to brand herself as the cocky person. Mm-hmm. But then it's like fucked up to be branding yourself as the person who's drinking nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the best message to be sending the viewing audience, which we, we don't turn to these women for their moral high ground. No. But Still, I watch her and I think, what the fuck are you doing, Marisol? I know. But then but then I also laugh at the same time. So it's tough. It is really tough. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, there. And Marisol also isn't even a main housewife, which is strange to me that she, I don't know if you know this. No, I didn't know. She got demoted to friend of. Yeah, she's been a friend of for the past, all the reboot seasons. So the past Well, then how is she on Ultimate Girls Trip? I know. We're just going fast and loose with these rules. Yeah, seriously. I mean, also, I'm sorry. This might not be popular. I don't know. Say it. I just, I don't really care for Leah McSweeney or her diarrhea. I'm, if I have to hear about her diarrhea one more once, I'm going, I'm going to lose it. It's a lot. I I feel like Leah would have been better if she had some sort of ally yeah. on the show. And maybe, it, did I hear that somewhere that she was maybe supposed to have somebody else and then there was a shift or something, but it's weird. Like I, I don't, I also just think she has a totally different kind of personality than mm-hmm. the rest of the women. And so it comes across, I, I feel I'm on your side. I don't, I don't get it. Her and Alexia, I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? I feel like Alexia is trying to play up her. She's very Teresa-like. A lot of mm-hmm. people have pointed this out. She's very much got a Teresa personality where she's got uh, kind of, is it like a one track mind or something? Mm-hmm. Or She's very steadfast in how she feels. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like that first season that Miami was rebooted she was a little timid because I think they all were timid coming back from such a long hiatus. And so now I think she's even more steadfast than she was. And it's not coming across great. Yeah. On Miami Housewives is worse. Did you watch that? No, I haven't gotten caught up on Miami, which I know is like, everyone's going to drag me for that. I know. Yeah. Should I leave? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So Alexi and Marisol and then uh, who would, Portia and Giselle to me are the most fun. Yeah. But then Giselle totally lost me when she made this whole storyline about this bottle that she lost. Detective Giselle is on Ugh. the case. And honestly, I'm like, if, if the biggest drama we have on the show is who took your tequila bottle, we have bigger problems. Right. I don't think anyone liked this season. No. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, behind the scenes. Oh, like the people who were on it. No, I don't even mean the cast members. I just mean production. My mm. guess would be production. They looked at the season and were like, this is, not good. I don't think the experiment of, I know we're jumping around a lot, but the experiment of casting people who are just wrapping up their seasons yeah. so they have storylines carrying over into the series, I think that was a bad move all around. And I think they probably realized that after. It was smart of them to try something and yeah. and play around with this whole thing. 
But I don't think that worked at all. I think that was a complete miscalculation because by the time we got to Girls Trip, we're so fucking tired of these storylines. Exactly. If I have to hear about Heather's black eye one more time, I and I don't give a fuck whether or not Whitney and Heather are getting along. Like again, I'm I, I've dropped off Housewives kind of in general right now. And for that, I apologize. How about you? Good fucking. <laughs> You're in the wrong uh, place. Yeah, I'm in the wrong place, <laughs> sweetie. But um, I I will say like. Uh, even not being caught up on Salt Lake City, I'm still exhausted from the Whitney and Heather drama and the black eye drama, which says something. That means that it's been so pervasive on social media where I'm like, I can't fucking hear about it anymore. And it's the whole every episode of Girls Trip of Salt Lake City. I don't care. And in their relationship, it's either just move on or I don't know. But the whole casting experiment of that of doing that. I just think it was a miscalculation and I don't even think the women understand exactly like what they can say or what they mm-hmm. can't say. I think they're sitting there, especially those first few episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they understand. Oh, are we talking about the storylines that we just sort of wrapped up? Even though at that point they hadn't even filmed the reunions, Potomac and Salt Lake didn't film the reunions. Right. And then as a viewer, I'm like looking at it. Well, if they didn't film the reunions, this is confusing because I thought Candace and Giselle had this big fight on Potomac Housewives. And now they're sort of acting fine, but then other issues are bubbling up with like the alcohol bottle and stuff. But that whole alcohol bottle thing was just so fucking stupid. It was so dumb. I did like seeing Giselle say like, I think Jen Shaw punched you in the face and I'm yeah. just going to say that to your face. I was like, amazing. Now yeah. we said it. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Obviously, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Giselle knows how to produce, but then when I watch stuff like this, I'm like, maybe she should just be a producer. That's how I felt after Potomac's last season was, let's maybe Giselle should just be a producer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we need her on camera. And then when she leans so far into the tequila bottle thing, I think she's clearly doing it because she's looking around and she's like, nothing's happening on this fucking show. Yeah. So I got to do something. But mm-hmm. then that's weird. She made Pepsi cry at the end of the last episode. <gasps> and poor Pepsi has got to deal with these women. Poor but, Pepsi. Prayers for Pepsi. But prayers for Pepsi. But it's like, he doesn't know that this is a TV. On some level, he knows it's a TV show. But I don't know that Pepsi really understands the mechanics of Giselle making up this storyline mm-hmm. and then terrorizing everybody. And... I don't think he is getting that part of it. And so I feel bad for him because I don't think Giselle even gives a shit about the bottle. She's making it into a thing, but then right. Pepsi is the collateral damage. Honestly, protect Pepsi at all costs. And I'm not as far as um, Coke or soda products. I'm a Coke girl over a Pepsi girl, but now I'm a Pepsi girl oh. because of this man. I love yeah. this man. What's your favorite soda? Um, Diet Coke. Yeah. What about you? Diet Coke, yeah. But if you had to go like an obscure one. Oh, okay. Like a flavored one or a throwback one mm. or a non-Diet Coke, I should say. Diet Dr. Pepper. Do you like a Dr. Pepper? I yeah, love... I do. I think I do too. Honestly, this is, this is you're not going to like this. Oh, scoop. Okay. I like, I like Pib. <gasps> what? You like Pib? I do. But not better than Dr. Pepper, but I like, I fuck with a Pib. Wow. Well, you know those um, Coke machines with the screens that are like super futuristic? Mm-hmm. If I see like a like a Diet Coke and a Pib, I'll mix them. Wait, isn't it Mr. Pib? I, I think so. Did they change it? I used I thought it was Mr. Pib too, but now I'm like, is it Pib? Is it Pib Extra? Is it Mr. Pib? I, I don't know. Maybe they changed it. Maybe they changed Also, I used to like Mountain Dew Code Red. 
Oh, I can't fuck with the Mountain Dew. No, it's crazy. No, I like I, okay. So I had a friend recently. She was like, when we were like children in the nineties, there were like PBS kids and PBS kids like always followed the rules and like behaved. And then there were Nickelodeon kids and okay. they were always like kind of covered in paint and like kind of like sticky. Yeah. And I, yes. <laughs> and I feel like Nickelodeon kids, like the Nickelodeon kid to Mountain Dew pipeline is oh, like yeah, real. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a Nickelodeon kid loved a Mountain Dew and they would just be like playing dodgeball, like cracked out of their minds. Yeah. I, Definitely Nickelodeon kids were Mountain Dew yeah. kids. I, do you remember uh, Surge? Was that? No. Okay, Surge, you're a little younger than I am. But Surge was, and we just talked about this before we started recording, because you didn't know what Bobby's world was. I know. I'm really and sorry. We're only a handful, a small handful of years apart. Yeah. And yet you didn't know Bobby's world, which is uh, what's Howie Mandel's cartoon well we know why we were talking about Howie Mandel yeah from the San because I was like I don't know who this man is sorry to this man sorry to this man and I said well how do you not know Bobby's world (laughs) which I think only ran for like probably one season or two seasons or something but it was like a Saturday morning cartoon and I loved it and I tried to describe to you it was like an animated Seinfeld it was like Howie Mandel I remember him as the cartoon adult but then Bobby was like the kid version of him Mm -hmm. and I just remember his bicycle he had like the a big little, wheeler, big wheeler thing. Oh, those were so fun. I know, I know. But so you're right, though. I think with the Mountain Dew, but there was a drink called Surge that got like outlawed, <gasps> and I, it appeared on Pen Fifteen. Do you remember Pen Fifteen? Yes, it was like Four Loco for kids. It was exactly Four Loco. It was, made kids like crazy, and they outlawed it. <laughs> and I just remember a handful of times, my a good family friend Stacy. We would always hang out with like our parents would hang out, and then Stacy and I would be watch TV, play video games, or whatever. And she had Surge. And I just remember us getting like, fuck nuts. Fucking nuts. And just like playing like Aladdin on Super Nintendo yeah. and being like, I'm going to beat the genie level if it kills me. I, I had to stop drinking Diet Coke before I record, especially during this Scandal incident. Oh my God. Because the one time I did, I think maybe one of the first episodes, I was like so wired. Because you know, caffeine affects me a lot. It really does. And I get nuts. And then people are like, why were you talking like that? But I also have to say that some people... AKA my mother, she had her pot. She doesn't really listen to the show, mm-hmm. but she had told me when she, the one time she did listen to it, she's like, Dan, why are we talking so fast? And she was like kind of rude about it. And then when I was home, I noticed she had her podcast app on to go faster. <laughs> and I think that happens a lot. Like I, it I happened to me just last week. Yeah. And I didn't even know. And then I was like, Oh, it's like one and like one and a half faster or something. Yeah. Sometimes I definitely do talk at like a 1.5 speed. If I have my caffeine right before I record, I, that's what happens. See, I don't even notice. I do that too, but I don't even notice that I'm doing it. Like, have you ever had someone be like, whoa, you're talking yeah. a mile a minute. And I'm like, I don't think I am though. And I, I actually feel kind of judged and I think you're being a little rude now. Yeah, every week on this show. And I, I don't like when people say like, oh, what's Danny on or something. It's like, well, I had some caffeine right before I recorded. And yeah. it does, I don't drink a lot of caffeine or I, some people will be judgy and the, cause I like Diet Coke. Yeah. And when I joke about Diet Coke on the show, I'm not drinking Diet Coke every minute. I no. have like one little bit, you know, the size I have, like you literally have ones. the baby cans, the baby can. I'll have one of them before I record. So sensible on occasion. <laughs> I'll get like a giant McDonald's diet Coke, like a diet Coke <laughs> IV and like, pat, you Load know, up. yeah, yeah. Do a diet Coke drip into my arm, oh my um, which is way more troubling than a tiny can. What was your favorite Nickelodeon show? Ooh, I mean, I really loved them all. Uh, I'm going to just list like five. Sure. Because uh, they were tied. Loved Rugrats, loved Hey Arnold, loved Doug, and loved As Told by Ginger. Oh. 
I like you? all those except for I didn't know as told by Ginger. Yeah, it was just a little, missed it. I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade when it came out. Yeah. No, Doug was it for me. I think he was such like an anxiety riddled kid. Like, yeah. I just related to him. The fact that he only had one outfit because that was like all his brain could take. <laughs> like I feel that really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I loved, yeah, I hate Arnold Rugrats. I didn't like sort of the grosser ones. I didn't love Ren and Stimpy. Hated. Didn't, you know what Rockless I hated? Modern, modern Life, hated. You know what I hated about those what? grosser ones was on uh, Ren and Stimpy when they would do close-ups of like a nose hair. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like that sicked me the fuck out. It would be like... It would be like a, like his open nostril and like a squiggly hair coming oh, I out. Hated it, and, uh, <laughs> People tuned in for a girl's trip recap, and we're just talking about the animation on Ren and Stimpy. Well, you know, it's better than talking about suits again because we've done that many times. I know, I know. but there was. Did you have Disney Channel? I did. So, did, oh, I always oh. felt like the rich kids had Disney. We didn't have Disney. Channel. No, I okay. I don't want to. This is off the record. I don't. I feel like my mom found some like back oh, alleyway mm-hmm. to get Disney Channel. The I don't box? Yes, I don't think we like fully paid for Disney Channel. And my mom, rest in peace, she was a thrifty lady and I love her for that. She's like, my baby wants to watch Lizzie McGuire, like I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Is it speaking Nick, Nickelodeon? Uh there was a show called Figure It Out. Oh my I god, Summer it. Sanders. All comes back around. Uh there was a cable box, like an illegal cable box that we had, but it only was in my parents' bedroom. Because it was like special. It was like a special. So yeah, I, I yeah. Um, I love Darkwing Duck was my favorite though. But um, okay, back to girls trip. So okay, 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 we talked. So Portia and Giselle, I think what's good about them on the trip though is that they have chemistry together. They're so fun. They very clearly have a developed relationship. Mm-hmm. But I just think like everyone in their cities sort of has a little relationship. But then as a group, there's zero chemistry. Right. Right. Yeah, I feel like. Candace is entertaining enough that she can stand alone. Like, I don't care who she's around. I think she's going to bring the fun to any scene she's in. I love Candace. And, and I love the that Porsche we're still getting Candace napkin work. Is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're getting napkin work um, from her. But I, I do think, yeah, I mean, sorry to keep bringing this up, but the the poor Leah of it all. Um, I just, yeah, they, as, as a cast, they don't have chemistry. There's like chemistry within the cast. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why it's like I kind of find myself like looking at my phone or tuning out because I'm like, it depends on who's in the scene. In the first season of Girls Trip, I thought it was I, – I know people liked it. I didn't like the first season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of bland. But mm-hmm. I, the cast was all-stars. Yeah, they even, literally, the ones I, even the ones I don't like. Like they were still all-stars. They came out the gate with – it was like the Avengers of Housewives. Yeah. It, you can't deny it. It was like the longest running. Mm-hmm. Not all of them were super. Who was in that? Kenya wasn't super long running, mm-hmm. but you know, it was like a long running. Whereas this season, I feel like the only all-star is really Portia. Yeah. Like she's the only one I would consider an all-star housewife. A hundred percent. Giselle definitely like is a strong, content, a strong housewife, but I don't consider her a, an all-star. Mm-hmm. Candace, great housewife. I don't consider her an all-star. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would agree. Who else? Who, who are we missing? Um, Leah, one season even. One the Salt season. Lake City women, the Miami women just came back. Like these aren't all stars. No, no. I, I like, there's none of them. Um, I feel like I can't, there are certain housewives where I'm like, if they were never on my TV again, like I would be emotionally distraught. Yeah. And I, I feel that way. Honestly, I know you said Giselle should be a producer. I would not appreciate if Giselle or Candace were off my TV. Mm. Um, and obviously, yeah, Porsche is an all-star, but like, I really feel like the rest of them, I could, if, if they were never going to be on my TV tomorrow, I don't think I would feel anything you like Whitney. Like, do you, yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Whitney 
baffles me. Like I want to like her and she seems like a lovely person yeah. in real life. Yeah. But I don't understand her, her TV presence. I don't get it. I, I I feel like the most entertained I've been by Whitney was when they were on the bus finding out about Jen Shaw and she was on her phone like doing like detective Whitney work yeah. and she was very much like this is what's going on and she was very like to the point and kind of like cold about the whole thing and that was really fun to watch. But the rest of it I just I can't I'm, I can't connect it with her the way I want like to. It feels like a lot of them don't have the it factor, mm-hmm. right? It can't be taught. And to be on TV and to be on multiple shows on TV and to not have an it factor, I'm like, what are we doing here? That's how, kind of, this is a broader topic, but in the larger world of Bravo, I look at some of like the new stuff that they've been launching and the new talent or the talent like on Summer House, which we can talk about briefly, but mm-hmm. I'm like, where's the it factor? Where These is people it? are on TV. Who's is any? Are we even doing sort of chemistry tests anymore, or or trying in early versions of the Housewives? Remember they they would film with people before the show was greenlit or before they were cast on the show, and I felt like there were. Uh, there was an effort to try to figure out if these people gelled together mm-hmm. or when they're casting, let's say just throwing out Jersey. Cause it's on the air right now. It's like, okay, this is a family dynamic who in the family makes sense, who are is connected to this core Manzo family, which is when it was cast. And then moving off of that, they're like, okay, well, if we're moving away from the Manzos, who's connected to Teresa, who's our nucleus. We have the Wakilis. Like let's, yeah, let's have a nucleus and cast around or let's cast initially. But now, I look at some of these people. I'm like, did, were they even interviewed? <laughs> yeah, on Summer House. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, are, are y'all lost? Like, how did you how did you get on this show? Yeah, and there's been this whole thing with Summer House of it's hard to get men on the show. That's what some I think maybe producers or cast members have come out and say that people backed out at the last minute or something. It's like it can't be that hard to get young people on. TV. Especially I, young I hot people that. who want to be influencers. Who's it's that bullshit. man who um, licked Sierra's foot? Chris. Chris. What is he doing there? I, he, I'm sure he's lovely, but and I, I don't understand Summer House at all right now. I, um, I don't know if it's like a production thing or if it's a casting thing because it's there's like nothing there. It's like the most boring, bland cast to me. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's also fucking weird to me that we have Kyle and Amanda who are married, and Kyle's forty, and I'm not trying to age shame, but He's in a house with Sam, who's 24. Right. Like, it's weird. Summer House is in its flop era, for sure. Totally flop era. And I mean, like, it's, I mean, I've fallen off because I was so bored. Um, It's, like, painful. Yeah, I I literally can't, I keep in my head saying, oh, yeah, I should catch up on that. And then I go to try, and I just, like, fall asleep, turn it off, check my phone. Like, I cannot focus on it. Whereas VPR is, like... Yeah, back it. back where it should be. Uh, Hannah, we got to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and talk more about all this stuff. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and find Hannah on social media where at Hannah A Brown on Instagram and Twitter, Hannah A Brown zero on TikTok, <gasps> zero on TikTok. Okay, we'll be right back. This special everything iconic segment is presented by KFC and Acast Creative. KFC just launched their brand new chicken nuggets, and these nuggets are absolutely changing the game. Each one is hand-breaded and packed with KFC's famous original recipe. So basically what I'm saying is, KFC took all the magic that is a bucket of chicken and packed it into their equally amazing chicken nuggets. So to celebrate, I thought it'd be cool to introduce you to one of the nuggets in my life, the very iconic 
Brady Pellegrino. He is going to share some highlights, what's going on in his life as we catch up over KFC. Brady, welcome to the show. How are you, Brady? Good. Brady, can you tell everyone how old you are? Five and a half. Five and a half. And when will you be six? June. June. And do you know what you're going to do for your birthday this year? Jungle cherry party. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do for that? He brings snakes. Snakes? Yeah, you like Mm -hmm. snakes. And don't you like all sorts of animals? Yeah. Brady, when I was your age, I hated snakes. But I remember being obsessed with giraffes because I was always the tallest kid in my class. So I remember just watching giraffes and thinking I was connected to them somehow. I remember your grandma and grandpa used to take me to the zoo and I would just want to look at the giraffes. I love the giraffes so, so much. Hey, Brady, what are you watching on TV right now? Anything good? Um, Lightning, Lightning the Queen. Lightning the Queen, yeah, from Cars. Mm-hmm. And are you on spring break right now? Mm-hmm. What have you been doing on spring break? Um, We've been working out in the gym at my dad's work, daddy's work. Yeah. And um, getting big muscles. Are you getting big muscles? Yeah. You're lifting really heavy weights too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brady, can you tell everyone about your gymnastics? Because I got to see you do it and you're really good. Do you like doing tumbling and somersaults? I, yeah. And what's your favorite class to go to? Um, Gymnastics. Gymnastics. And Brady, are you playing any sports right now? Are you playing? Yeah. I, what are you playing? Flag football. Yeah, I got to watch you play football and you're so good. I saw you score uh, your first touchdown and you were so amazing when you did it. Just so, so good. And then getting to watch Sophia cheer while you were playing on the field. It's something I'll never forget, Brady Boo. Do you get along with your sister, Sophia? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always, though, right? Mm-mm. How about your little brother, Beckham? Uh, Yeah. Are you a good older brother? Mm-hmm. When are you going to come to visit me in California and Uncle Matt? November. <gasps> You're going to come in November? Mm-hmm. For Thanksgiving, maybe? Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, I miss you so much, Brady. And is there anything before I let you go that you want to tell the people listening? Do you want to say anything to anyone? Go Browns. Go Browns? Yeah, go Mm -hmm. Browns. And Brady, also, can you tell everyone how much you love Uncle Danny? So just say a lot. So much. So much. Well, I'm so excited to see you over Thanksgiving and spend some time with you. Maybe we could play a little football while you're here, or we can... Uh, We'll have some fun. We'll play with all sorts of toys and have a good time. But uh, for now, Brady, I just want to thank you so much for spending some time with me, Uncle Danny, over these delicious nuggets. I love you so much, Brady. I miss you. I miss you too. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this segment brought to you in partnership with KFC and ACAST Creative. If you're looking to bring a little flavor to bonding time with the kiddos in your life, run Don't Walk to the nearest KFC and try the new Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets with 100% white meat, perfectly hand-breaded in KFC's original recipe. Seriously, you've never had nuggets like these. Prices and participation may vary. And we're back. Okay, yeah, so Summer House is in its flop era. Yeah. And it's the weirdest cast to me. And I feel bad every time I say Kyle's 40. It has nothing to do with him being 40. Of course not. It's just more of a thing of, I don't think these young girls would be vacationing in a Summer House with a married couple. Yeah. And I also, like, uh, Carl and Lindsay, I don't really care. Like, I 
They're making them a whole centerpiece of the show. And, and the, I, I'm sorry, they don't have that as a couple. They, I'm sorry, they don't. Like, mm-hmm. I hope they're both happy. I hope they're doing well. I don't need to see a whole show revolve around them. I don't really give a fuck what anyone thinks about them as a couple. Like, keep it moving. That's my problem. Like, I, I want Lindsay there. I love Lindsay. Me too. Hubs is great. But there's no drama with their relationship. So it's so weird to me that production keeps asking about Carl and Lindsay to the other cast in confessionals or when they're on watch what happens live or wherever. It's like, why are we even talking about Carl? They're the most bland, fine. Couple. They're, they're fine. fine. Like they're fine. <laughs> like That's they're it. fine. And Lindsay. yeah, I'm very happy for Lindsay. I have related to Lindsay many times. Um, and you know, listeners, I hope you still like me after I said that, but, uh, no, I'm a Lindsay. People are in the wrong place if they don't like Lindsay. (laughs) No, like father, son and house of Lindsay. Um, I love her, but, but yeah, so like, but I, this being said, I feel like she's in such a good place personally. And I feel like her and Carl are like working out really well. So it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of drama, drama going on with them. And I get frustrated as a viewer when I feel like we're being bamboozled, when I feel like people are trying to throw inauthentic drama in our faces, whether it's a missing tequila bottle, Lindsay and Carl, it's like, we can see through this. We've been with this network since like 2007. Like stop. We're smart media consumers at this point. We are, we're very intelligent media consumers. Yeah. It's all bullshit. They seem fine. And also it's weird that it's become a thing of like, well, Lindsay doesn't want to drink as much anymore. And it's like, yeah, she's in a, healthy relationship with someone who's sober. Right. Yeah. That's normal. It's like a normal thing. And then it's like, God forbid she goes to a girl's dinner and she's like, I kind of want to let loose tonight. Like I try not to get super fucked up in front of Carl and they're kind of like side eyeing each other. Like, Whoa, that's weird. And I'm like, is it though? Like, I feel like that sounds normal. And there's always been this complaint with all of our shows of people kind of hiding information from the cameras or Mm -hmm. wanting to keep things separate. And so I wonder what summer house, if it's a thing of are the cast members, outside of Lindsay and Carl just not wanting to show their own shit. Mm-hmm. Or, so they're kind of focusing and putting the focus on Carl and Lindsay. Cause it's like, Oh, let's put it on them. I don't have to Craig and page. We don't have to talk about our stuff or whatever, which I don't want to hear about anyway. Literally no one wants to hear about Car- Craig and page, but they just seem, I don't know. It seems like they're being mean to Lindsay and Carl. They're bullying them. They're not happy for their love. I think it's one of those things where, a lot of the girls in the house really vibed with Carl. Like when he was single, I think they had like flirty friendships with Carl. Who's going to make out with Carl. Who's going to hook up with Carl. And a lot of them had their own personal issues with Lindsay. And so I think it's now a thing for them. And honestly, this kind of like, I feel like showed itself when Maya and Carl were talking early on in the season, like kind of like, Oh, Carl's not cool. Now that he's with Lindsay, like that really sucks that we like can't hang out with Carl without hanging out with Lindsay. And I'm like, well guys, shit changes. And, if Carl's happy, you should be happy for him. And like, maybe he would be more fun if you weren't being assholes to him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Like stop being a dick. Yeah. Stop being a fucking dick. Yeah. And then they got rid of Andrea. Who's so hot. We need him. <laughs> I know. Why did they get rid of him? I had heard it. I don't know if this is true, but he started dating someone and I guess the date didn't want to be on the show or something. And so then they were like, Andrea, you have no value on your own. If you're not a single man. I mean, I do think there is something where they need single people, but then yeah. let's be consistent. Then get rid of Kyle and Amanda and Carl and Lindsay, even though I love Lindsay. We literally would have to get rid of all of them. Yeah, they're boring. Like we need sing- Maybe we need single people. The only reason I'm hesitant to say, like, let's get rid of all these people mm-hmm. is because after living through the scandal, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe there is some benefit to keeping around to watching their relationships like implode if yeah. they implode. Yeah. But then all, but if they don't and we're just sitting there stuck with Kyle and Amanda forever. Yeah. I, I think you can lose 90% of, I, I won't even say names, 
I don't think I'd notice if 90% of those people just didn't show up. There's episodes where they don't show up anyway. There's some of them are gone. And I'm like, I didn't even remember they're gone. Didn't notice. Like that shouldn't happen on a TV show, Hannah. No. And it, you know, if we go a week of VPR, we're like DJ James Kennedy is not there. Like you better believe stars. I'm going to know. <laughs> I'm st- <laughs> They are stars around. VPR. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> like if, if I don't get one like stupid one liner of DJ James Kennedy, fine. China. Like once a week, I'm going to be really upset. I had so much rage in me. I, yes, we had a couple of dips in Vanderpump Rules. A couple of, we get, we're all admitting that. Yeah. But still, if I stack up the current cast of EPR, including Mm -hmm. Christina Kelly. Let's throw her in. Let's throw her in there. Yeah. I'd say they all have more of an it factor, including Christina Kelly. Yeah. Than anyone over there on Summer House. I'm sorry. I said it. Now we said it. Even even Christina Kelly, whose only line was Raquel this entire season. She did. so. That was so impactful. Right. I actually think if. OK, let me just let me talk through this. I actually think that Christina Kelly and probably Amanda are essentially the same person. Like, you could switch that. They could parent trap us. You could switch them. And I don't think I noticed. But on Vanderpump Rules, Christina Kelly is like a side character who's popping in for one line. Right. And on Summer House, Amanda is somehow like running the house. So that's how, what's fucked up about that whole show. Yeah. Right? Who's who's the person in Les Mis and master of the house? Who's the wife? Mrs. Lovett? No, that's Sweeney Todd. I don't know. Whoever Helena Bonham Carter played in Les Mis, like that's Amanda on Summer House. The oh. joke falls flat when you don't know the reference. I know, Sorry. I, but the listeners will. Someone, uh, someone out there someone, does. Listeners, write in and tell us who that person in Les Mis is. And even if you look at Kyle, I think compared to any of the men on Vanderpump, even we hate Tom Sandoval right now, but mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know what's, I don't know. I did appreciate Kyle got naked this last week, but I, not, I, not a blouse in sight. Not a blouse in sight. And I, I like that at least, but. The rest of, I mean, Carl, I wish him the best. He shouldn't be on this TV show anymore. God bless. I think he outgrew it. And that's fine. And that's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Go fly. Yeah. Butterfly. Spread your wings and fly. I think that is like what's so interesting about reality TV, though, is it's like, you know, on one hand, we have to either we have to root for these people enough that we want to see what the fuck happens to them. But like, yeah, once someone's in like a good place, it's kind of boring and it's yeah. like, we're not, yeah, we're not turning on our TVs to see like well-adjusted people. We want the mess. We want the drama. So it's like, I do think people outgrow reality TV. And we've even heard that from like VPR people who are no longer on the show who are like, yeah, I don't think I could be on it now because like stability is kind of great. Yeah. and But I think also there has to be a shift with, production of these shows too if if the case is that we're having people who are bland and boring mm-hmm. even if you look at something like the real world back in the day right the early seasons of the real world they were fine people sort of dynamic people but yet there wasn't like the whole thing was about fights every second but yet the episodes were interesting enough exactly and so like, i think that just there needs to be a shift don't present us with these bullshit fake storylines at least respect the audience enough to if you having boring people, at least make the situations they're in more interesting. I completely agree. Yes. And I'm here to say that Amanda is playing Madame Thenardier. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sorry, that was going to bother me. Oh my God. There has to be something. uh, If Kyle and Amanda are sticking around, there has to be some other outside reason that they are. Mm -hmm. I just, although I guess they're bringing more than some of the other people. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Vanderpump Rules? Let's just shift it. Oh my God. And then we'll I get mean, back to Girl's Trip because 
because that's why we're gathered yeah. here today. <laughs> um, I, I just, I think it's never, I think it hasn't been this good in like six years. Honestly, I think Brittany Cartwright really fucked it up for a long time. Um, and people will say that the season with Jack's fucking faith in front of the old lady is like one of the best seasons. I just, I don't like Jack's and Brittany enough to see an entire season based around them. So that's not one of my favorite mm. seasons. So I'm enjoying this season. And I, I think because we're back to the like, roots of like they're in apartments they're single they're hooking up with each other like that's that's what i want to see i also think that jackson Brittany's storyline with the faith situation was tough because you instinctively the audience wants to root for Brittany, but mm-hmm. she at every turn goes in the opposite direction and like doubles down more with her relationship with him and so he keeps doing these really awful things even up until that point because i just rewatched it i mean he yeah the whole thing with like her boobs when he gets her the boobs and then like throws it in her face. And he, we see the scene of them and the doctor and him saying like, go bigger. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. And the doctor's like, well, it's her body. And it's like, so it's too much. uh, And so you instinctively want to be like rooting for her to get away. And then season after season after Brittany arrives, she just keeps like doubling down and like sticking by her man, which there's something I guess to be said about that on some level. Yeah. But it's like really tough to root. Yeah. And the next season, she's like, I'm engaged. And I'm like, no one wants to see this. And I always think like if what we saw, what we saw, what's happening that we're not seeing. Cause there's always going to be things like we just talked about. I'm sure people hide things from these cameras. Yeah. Yeah. What if what we're seeing of Jackson, Brittany is the highlight reel what is happening behind closed doors? And I do feel like reality stars love to like uh, rest on the laurel of, I don't know if I use that right. Being like, there's a lot that you don't see you guys like, okay, all you see is fights, but like, there's a lot of good stuff that's not on TV. And I'm like, what if though, what's the bad stuff? We're what's not the bad stuff? Yeah. What about the bad stuff? And what's the good to bad ratio? Wait, did you tell me you listened to Jackson Britney's podcast? Oh, oh, I checked it out this morning. I was walking my dog. Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. Um, Which by the way, tell me more. Tell me more. I watched that Grease show. How is it? I loved the first episode. There's like a Grease prequel rise of the pink ladies. on Paramount Plus. I watched the first episode and I loved it, but we'll never watch any more of it. (laughs) Okay. You're like, that was fun. It was enough. I get it. I was like, yeah, that was fun. I was a little stoned when I watched it. So I was like, okay, that was fun. No desire to watch a not one more minute of it. You know, I'm reading this smut book called Slammed by Colleen Hoover. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I th- saw the title Slammed, I was like, this is going to be like a sexual book. It's about poetry slams. I'm like 170 pages in. It's about it's so fucking boring. And apparently it's a series. And similar to your Rise of the Pink Ladies experience, when my aunt gave it to me to borrow, she said, you know, it's a series. I read the first one and I, I got it. Like yeah. it was enough. And and that's that's where I'm at. Do you feel that way with TV shows? I'll get back to the uh, Jackson Brittany podcast yeah. in a second. Are you able to give stuff up? Because Matt, if we start watching a show, he has to watch every episode. I'm so jealous. Or if even if even if we watch a movie at night, I can watch a half an hour of a movie, turn it off, go to sleep and be fine. No, I'm wildly good at giving up on things. And that's not, I'd probably be further in my career if I didn't have that trait, but here we are, you know? See, I'm good. I'm good everywhere else. I can follow through. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to like movies and stuff, we were putting on Sleepless in Seattle the other night Mm -hmm. and he was like, you're going to fall asleep because I go to sleep earlier. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what? Let me watch 20 minutes or however long it is. Go to sleep. And then I don't have to finish. I've seen it a million times. It was a fun 20 minutes. Even if I've never seen it. Yeah. Who cares? Yep. And if I want to watch one episode of a Grease series, so be it. 
So be it. Rise of the Pink Ladies. They have risen. <laughs> <laughs> like Christ on Easter. Yeah. Like Christ on Easter. I think it came out on Easter, too. It, it did. I thinking about that. That's fucked up. That is, whoa. <laughs> I love it. It was really bizarre. It also, there were things that like, didn't make sense to me, and I'm sure I couldn't pick it apart. But anyway, mm-hmm. Jackson Brittany podcast. Tell me. Okay, I listened to it, and it's just, the episode I listened to was very much just like, we're just normal parents. Well, we got a we had a date night out at the iHeartRadio Awards. Ah, these award shows, they're kind of that's my Jackson impression. They're kind of get the, they're they're fun, I guess, but you know, it's really more of a night out for me and Brittany. And then Brittany's so like, funny. "I am so excited to plan Cruz's second birthday." The theme is to infinity and beyond. And she's like, which is from Toy Story. (laughs) So that's pretty much what you guys are missing. I felt like they were leaning into those personas at the end of their VPR run where it was like every confessional Jack's be like, well, I'm cutting the grass now. Like I'm the kind of guy. I'm, you know, that's who I am now. I got the house. I'm cutting the grass. Literally. Like like, they're in an episode according to Jim. Yeah, he's like, I don't go out. I don't do that. I'm, I got a wife. I got a lawn. And his eyes are huge. He's like, I, I'm a good guy. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I did last, I don't know when I last saw them. Maybe like Watch What Happens Live or something. Mm-hmm. And I did have like a moment where I was like, I'm rooting for these two. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really, I've never thought that once in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because, especially Jax, he was like saying nice things about Ariana. I was like, I'm really rooting for these two now. And yeah. then I caught myself saying that. And I was like, what? I've seen, I literally had just watched all the things that he did awful to that woman. Yeah. And yet I was watching them on Andy's show and I'm like, oh, the Jax spell. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. I, did you see, so I watched them on Watch What Happens Live and then he said that whole bit about like, you know, I think Sandoval, uh, I think he likes Raquel because he likes to control her. And Ariana is very strong-willed and she can't be controlled. That exact same soundbite, he said it in a different video that was like circulating Instagram. And I'm like, okay, this man literally like wrote his monologue, memorized it like a college theater student auditioning for the fall season and just is doing it anywhere people will let him. Right. He probably hasn't fully memorized right now. Everyone, I mean, Sandoval on that Howie Mandel podcast, one of the things he said was like how everybody is just going on their podcast and like capitalizing off of his relationship or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And I felt like he was talking about Jax and Brittany. (laughs) And Sheena too. I feel like Sheena has been doing an episode every day. Her and Lala. Yeah, like every single day they've got a new thing and Mm -hmm. we're all eating it up. Oh, I've been listening to every single one. So bring it on. Yeah. I'm happy about it. Yeah. And it's for Tom Sandoval, it's like, he's the one who did it. So he fucked up. So he shouldn't have fucked up. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about him on podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As as Jack said in season two, you know, satisfy your girlfriend. We won't have a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. Oh, yeah. This VPR season, though, hasn't been better. I mean, we haven't had a good season like this in a while. Literally, I like look forward to Wednesday night. I'm like, yeah. Also, it's a fun like detective mystery now to watch, like seeing the two of them and more information keeps coming out that is relevant to our watching. Mm -hmm. Because just in that Howie Mandel thing, Tom Sandoval says they had made out. Now I'm going to script the pre-Mexico. Yeah. And also Tom in an interview talks in circles and it's like so hard to understand him. And I say that as someone who's interviewed him multiple times, like it's challenging, Mm -hmm. but he was saying that they made out. So this was happening before Sheena's wedding. So then mm-hmm. watching the episodes where they're in Mexico, it's like watching him. And this week, this past week on the show, there was a scene, which you haven't watched it yet. As of this recording, mm-hmm. you haven't watched it. Oh my God. But by the time this episode is out, there's a moment where he's just like salad. Like Raquel has made out with Tom Schwartz 
And Tom Sandoval has this like scary look in his eyes and is like smiling. And you could tell he's like flipping out and watching that in context, knowing that him and Raquel had already kind of had a flirtatious uh, kiss and a affair, whatever was going on before. It just adds this whole other layer of ick of mystery of everything. It's, It's gross. Yeah. Ew! I can't wait to watch. I like okay. I picture us all with like big magnifying glasses, like mm, like a full Sherlock Holmes. Like I have a little pipe. You know, I watched like ninety minutes of him and Howie Mandel. I, I'm <laughs> like, with you. I didn't even know what I, I put it on, and I I was enraged the whole time, and I was just watching. Kept Were you watching. like rage cleaning your kitchen, like watching yeah. it? Yeah. Even Matt Matt's never been more activated than he is lately watching oh it, and he never wa- he watched it in the early seasons, then could not care less about any of it. And then now all of a sudden he's in, invested. Oh my gosh. Jake has always been invested, but now like significant other. what? Oh yeah. Jake yeah. is my significant other. Um, he was, he's away for work right now. Um, and he watched the episode where Tom and Katie went to that like tragic dinner in Cancun, um, at the French restaurant, um, floppy air quote, French restaurant, wherever they were. And, uh, Jake texted me being like, this is so messed up. I really feel for Katie. He was like, Schwartz is just such a fucking asshole. Like Jake gets really mad at Schwartz and how he treats Katie. He's like justice for Katie. And I know Katie was just on this show. Um, I'm a, I'm a Katie fan. And, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I've never been more activated than any of these episodes amidst this whole scandal. The thing that pisses me off. One of the most things that pisses me off throughout the scandal though, is how like Schwartz is somehow going to sidestep now account. I really think Schwartz would have been essentially the villain of the season, Mm -hmm. right? Because, the whole thing playing out with Katie is already kind of captivating enough, dark yeah. enough, all of that stuff. And I don't think Schwartz looks good no, at all. And he would have come out of that whole reunion would have been about Schwartz and Raquel. Mm-hmm. The whole season would have been about Schwartz. And yet again, now he's sidestepping accountability. It's so annoying. And it's like, he always just somehow he was on watch what happens live last week, which was like the craziest appearance with the wrist weights. What the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck do I have that? Hold on. Shut the f- up. That's what I thought every time I, he was talking. I, I, happens like. He and he looked so like sweaty. He was giving Nickelodeon kid. He was giving. I just chugged a, a surge, a Mountain Dew, and I'm sticky from like finger painting with with gack or whatever it's called. Yeah, gack. Yeah, slime and gack. Yeah, he's giving gack at all times. And Andy and Roblo's son were just like looking at him, like, "What the fuck are you saying? Stop it." Yeah. Collect your thoughts. Andy had even said like later on his radio show that he had was told shorts afterwards, like you can just give a, a little answer and then I'll move on to the next question. Like you don't have to keep talking yeah. and digging yourself into a bigger hole. Literally. But what was so fascinating though, I feel like that was the only time I've ever seen shorts on that show without a Tom or a Katie or someone from his show. Someone to like anchor him. He needed to be on with somebody new. He kept like looking at Johnny Lowe and Johnny Lowe was like, I don't know, man, like I can't, I can't save you. It was wild. It was wild. Um, I know someone who's friends with Johnny Lowe and he was like, this is the best. Johnny's the best person to be in this situation. Cause I was like, man, your friend was on a rough episode of watch what happens live. Like that must've been really stressful. And he's like, if there's one person who can handle someone as unhinged as Tom Schwartz, it's Johnny. I'm sure he, I'm sure he loved it. Johnny's reaction shots were 10 out of 10. Also, I mean, no offense. And I like, I love Rob Lowe first of all. Mm-hmm. So, and I watched that show. I thought the first episode was really cute. Yeah. Their new show. Yeah. But I don't know if a lot of the Bravo audience was aware of him. 
And I think that was probably great for his Netflix show. Yeah. And for him, because I, I most of us watch it. We're like, oh, I like him. I like. Yeah, Johnny he was Hunt. extremely yeah. likable. Everyone was like, who's this likable cutie? Who's like, you know, having to deal with Tom Schwartz's floppy, sloppy behavior. He's so floppy. So floppy. When he showed up to that dinner in those stupid sandals, and oh, I know you have yeah. issues with his grippers the way I do. I get so mad. He was yeah. in a full suit with a t-shirt under it and then sandals. I just It's just was... also disrespectful. The way he does it. Yes. And that's the thing I noticed in my rewatch was how disrespectful he like just don't you do there are certain etiquette things and maybe I'm like too old school. Like, maybe maybe we're giving Countess Luann, but I'm this is how Teresa and Dolores from Jersey. <laughs> like maybe I'm just old school. Yeah. But I think you have to wear shoes to important events with You're, business meetings or anniversary dinners or dates. Seriously. I, and it does. At a certain point, it feels like a fuck you directly to Katie, like to humiliate Katie, where Katie shows up with this like cute red dress and this blowout. And she clearly like took some time to get ready and looks really pretty. And he shows up just like unshowered, sweaty with a T-shirt, like a sweaty T-shirt under a suit and sandals like fuck off. He did it at the wedding too. Remember Ugh. he like, bathed in the fucking lake? Bathed in the lake. Like, fuck you. You're at your wedding. And yeah, Katie is getting fully done up. And yeah, it's so fascinating to me that the people who hate Katie, like really hate her. Cause I know that I've had her on the show and people feel so strongly about her and she gets numbers cause people hate listen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that the, for you and Katie. I know every, the very first time she was on my show, I remember I never gotten that so many messages from people being like, I'm not listening to that. You know, like very angry messages. Like how dare you have her on? Like oh as God. if I had on some crazy person. And yet it was like the most downloaded episode forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you guys are listening to it. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, she gets like this really intense thing. And I always just think, well, like imagine putting up with a man. And yes, she should have probably moved on sooner. But then there's like the people say, well, she forced him to get married to her. And how the fuck are you forcing a grown man to get married to Mm -hmm. you? Like, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. He's a grown ass man. Let's stop act treating him like he's a three year old right. being tricked into marrying. Someone. Right. Like that's bizarre. Right. And she's also said, she probably said this on your show that just like her confidence was also not in the best place when they got married. And so I do think there's also like people who like fuck with their partner's confidence so badly that like, for all we know, she was in a place where she's like, I have to make this work. Cause I don't know if I could go out there and date again. And I don't know if, people remember that episode where she talks about her skylight accident. Mm -hmm. It was only one episode and she never brings it up. And even at that reunion, Lisa and Andy are like, you've never talked about this before and you never really use it as like an excuse for anything. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want that to be my narrative. But Mm -hmm. I think if you think about it, it happened not so soon after we started following her with cameras or not so soon before. And so I think it, that has something to do with mm-hmm. it. She just never uses it as like, I think she could probably use it and say, tell her story. Cause it's a very fascinating story. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The wow. Vanderpump stuff. Back to girls trip. <laughs> Anyways, back to girls trip. <laughs> Any other thoughts about girls trip? I mean, I don't love, I'm excited to get to season four. I think it was a mistake to have yeah. the grouping that they had on here. I was confused because those first few episodes, it felt like people I, were, I was talking to anecdotally seemed to really love it. And I just didn't really love it. I thought it was fun for like the first 30 minutes to see this group of women together. Mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, okay. Yeah, it, I, I I agree. I think the luster wore off really quickly when we realized that there wasn't a ton of chemistry um, between them all as a cast. I, I will continue watching. Like, it's, yeah, sure, of course. It's fun. Yeah, it's we'll it's episode. Yeah, it's a, it's a show where I can be on my phone at the same time. And look, those are important to me as well. Okay, not every show can be, I mean, I don't watch it, but Succession or... <sighs> Hannah. Okay, here's the thing, Dan. I, seriously, I think this is the episode where like everyone turns on me. I'm saying some polarizing things. I um, started, I watched the first episode yeah, and I thought it was boring. And I was like, am I too dumb for this show? Like that is genuinely my concern that they're going to get so caught up in like mergers and acquisitions and like businessy business things that my brain's just going to go bloop. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I've been told by not one, but like several friends that it takes exactly four episodes of season one to get you fully hooked. Yeah. So that is my mission. And I do, I agree with them. And I also, I hate when people say that because I also think it should hook you right away. Come on, four episodes? Like, I know. Uh, I and have especially because it's a very dense show and there's like a lot of, it's a tough show. Yeah. But I will say that like I still, we're four seasons in. It's like probably my favorite show to watch. Like mm-hmm. I'm riveted now. Okay. But I don't understand about 80% of it. Like I'm watching. See, that's like, what I'm worried about. I'm about at 80%. Like I, I'd say, yeah, I, I'd say, no, I'm about at 20%. Like there's a lot I don't understand. You know, like there's certain things where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but I'm riveted. I'm living. Okay. But I don't know half the time of like, I'm trying to think, or, or sometimes I'm having to Google like, wait, what was going on with the waste? What was this deal? What's, and some of the characters, there's layers to it. Mm. But let me tell you something. I'm still riveted. Like once you understand that piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle mm-hmm. and then also you get to know the characters, cause that's all I think that's what I think is most important is like the dynamic between the characters. Mm-hmm. So although I don't understand necessarily all the business dealings on succession, I think it's the dynamics between the siblings and the, and the dad. And it's like, it's riveted. This, I also think this sorry, past, yeah. this past episode, I heard it was crazy. It was crazy. I think it was the best episode of television. I don't remember feeling this strongly about a show being this good since maybe like Sopranos days. Wow. Okay. The last of us episode three of, did you watch that? That's the one that just wrecked everyone. Right. Yeah. Like, I watched the t- first episode. Brilliant. I said, not for me. I gave up. Yeah. We talk- Like you did with rise of the pink ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Succession and Rise of the Pink Ladies are basically the same. They're basically the same. Um, but yeah, the episode three of that was great. But very rarely do I feel like so strongly about an episode of TV. And Succession, that episode, Lo- the thing happened with Logan, it was so good. I I will say, even though I've only seen one episode, I you know there's a lot of Succession content on like TikTok and social media. I find Roman Roy to be incredibly sexy, and I don't know what that mm. says about me because he's like famously an asshole. Yeah. I mean, they're He's all like bad. pretty hot. That's the other thing. They're all bad people. Yeah. That's what Jake said. Yeah. And acting wise, it's so good. I know. I know that the, the actor nerd part of me really mm. needs to know what's going on. Yeah. I wish my name so was good. Shiv. That's such a cool name. Shiv. Oh, I love Shiv and I hate her too. I love and hate all of them. Uh, it's so good. You need to get on board. Okay. I think you would love it. I think you would love it. I, okay. What you, what's your favorite show on right now? Oh my God. Outside of reality TV. Like, are you watching other things? You're- Look at the panic in my eyes. I'm like, what am I watching? That's You know what? I started but haven't finished, much like your journey with Rise of the Pink Ladies, Shrinking. Oh, I liked Shrinking. I, I really it. like what I've seen. Yeah. I watched all of it. I had some issues with it, mm-hmm. but mostly I loved it. Now that Better Things is over, it's like, what do I have <sighs> to live for? I know, we both loved Better Things. I know. We're Better Things groupies. 
Uh, if people haven't watched Better Things, Pamela Adlon, go watch it. Oh, she's just, it. she is mother for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, Hannah, this was so fun. So fun. Always a treat. And anything else we have to talk about or say before we, I let you go? Anything you want to plug? Tell people where they could find you again. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. Um, I, you can follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter, Hannah A. Brown Zero on TikTok. And I host a Gossip Girl podcast with my friend Tyler called um, You Know You Love Us. So check that out. Yes, check out the Gossip Girl podcast. And I want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Again, you can uh, pre-order my book. It's called The Jolliest Bunch, wherever books are sold. And thank you to everyone who came out to see me on tour. I will be having more dates in October, which I'm super excited. I'll be able to tell you guys about soon, hopefully in the summertime or something. I'll let everyone know about that. But it'll be October, and I'm trying to add more cities and dates. So thank you, and uh, I love you all so much, and stay safe, and we'll talk soon. And Hannah, you got to come back, because I haven't had you on in forever, and everyone's like, when's Hannah coming back? Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Danny, for having me. I'm always around. I know. Well, we always see each other, but you're not always podcasting. Wagon wheel with 2C. Wagon wheel with 2C. I sounded like something else. Wait, what was that episode? Sorry, I know we're literally wrapping up. What's the episode we did where we were like singing Nickelback, but we were just singing it like shit? Like, look at this photograph. (laughs) I'll have the quesadilla. I'll have the quesadilla. I think it was Cher. Right? Wasn't it Cher? Yeah. The um on the Real Houses in New Jersey this week, they were in Ireland and mm-hmm. I kept thinking of that PSI were you on that episode? PSI Love You and oh my God. Gerard Butler is like I've written, I've written letters. letters. That was you and Jenna. Uh, I loved that episode. Yeah, I've written you letters. I've written you letters. Anyway, I was just laughing thinking of that the whole time they were in Ireland. Okay. Uh oh I have the case of Okay, I love you all so much. Bye. <laughs>